Welcome to the I Want to Party with Bob podcast. Tonight's a big one. Tonight we're going to be discussing Godzilla. It's monstrous. It's huge. It's all about Godzilla tonight here at the I Want to Party with Bob podcast. Tonight is brought to you by the fine people of uh, the Sapporo Brewing Company you know, of Japan. Let's read the description on the can of the beer to you real quick. Uh, Discover the perfectly balanced taste that's irresistible to all as you share rich moments with this masterpiece of the brewer's art. I couldn't agree more. Fine, fine people at the Sapporo Brewing Company of uh, Japan, which is located on the planet Earth. And if you're listening, I would send me as much of this shit as you can because I would really appreciate it. Thank you. That's great. So, yeah, Godzilla tonight. It, little change of pace, huh? You know, uh, stepping away from the punk thing here for a little bit. You know, stepping away from the tilt wheel stories. And we're going to talk about something that I, something, boy, I'm, I'm tired. Let me, okay. I'm tired of shit right now. I really am. I had a pretty gnarly rough night last night. Uh, I am going to talk about tilt wheel for a minute, by the way. Yes, I am. It, I can't not, apparently. We played at uh, a place called Garden Amp in Garden Grove last night. That's Tilt Wheel in the year 2019. Oh, by the way, today is September 1st, 2019. Thank you. Getting a lot closer to Halloween. I'm pretty excited about that. And this god-awful heat, like, ending, hopefully pretty soon. Played in Garden Grove. Had a great night. Fantastic nights. Um, fantastic level of partying went down, and I am uh, feeling a little worse for the wear tonight, but that's okay. That's what happens when you're 49 years old and act like you're 25. You fucking kind of get kicked in the balls a little bit, so here we are. Um, uh, official start, the burp, and go. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Godzilla. Why Godzilla? Why am I talking about Godzilla? I love Godzilla. That's why. And I talk about things that I love on my podcast. And this is my podcast and I do what I want. Godzilla, I've been a fan of since I was probably about 10 years old. And and back then, you know, in days of yore, that was a really long time ago, Godzilla movies were shown a few places. You know, we didn't have cable back then. I think we had like... 13 or 14 channels or something like that and one channel in San Diego where I was you know growing up uh, channel six would play Godzilla movies late at night um KTLA channel five in LA which we also got which was like my favorite channel it was the raddest channel ever um the family film festival which a lot of people have a very you know soft spot for in their hearts would occasionally play a Godzilla movie especially my favorite Godzilla movie of all time, King Kong versus Godzilla. I'll get into that in a minute. But there was also, I think, maybe Channel 11, which was another L.A.-based channel, also played some Godzilla movies, usually late at night. So I saw, I've seen, like, the vast majority of the old Toho Godzilla movies that happened from 1954 up until sometime in the 70s. And then there was a break for a while, and then he came back. So, uh, yeah, I've got a pretty long history with Godzilla. What's not to love? You know, okay, yes, yes, yes. It's a dude in a rubber suit stomping around and fighting other dudes in rubber suits and or, you know, puppets and or just whatever. I mean, but really, like, you watch that movie, it's like, oh, my God. The dub is not always so great from Japanese to English, but that's kind of part of the charm for me. I I love it. Like, I have always loved. I can I can watch any Godzilla movie, except for that fucking Matthew Broderick piece of shit. We'll get to that later, though. We will for sure because my God, that was the worst movie ever made. That truly was one of the worst movies ever ever made. Was Godzilla from nineteen ninety eight? Matthew Broderick and some bullshit happened in that movie well, yeah I don't god damn hang on I had to wash the taste of mentioning that movie out of my mouth real quick because that was awful shit 
Ahem, <coughs> excuse me. So, first of all, I would, uh, not first of all, you know, maybe this is, maybe like third of all, I would like to thank uh, Graham Gilmore. Now, Graham was the drummer for Broccoli, uh, one of my absolute favorite bands of all time. And yeah, 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 yada, 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 yada. I know, I know. I say that all the time. Oh, it's my favorite band. I have a lot of favorite bands. That's kind of a good thing. I think it it means um, I have that you know that lust zest for life or whatever the fuck you want to say. Uh, broccoli's insane. So we're gonna talk to Graham here in the future. I kind of talked to him a little bit about it, and I'm really excited to talk to him. I hope that we can understand each other because he is. I believe he's Scottish, and uh, yeah, the Scottish people can be hard to understand. You think? people from like you know the south in america united states of america that is are hard to understand you should talk to somebody from like northern england or from scotland because fuck holy shit no it's it's like another language almost i digress i'm totally yeah uh graham i had a couple questions for him and i asked him hey you know i'm doing a podcast about godzilla upcoming this was a few days ago and you know is Godzilla still kind of a popular thing in Japan? He lives in Japan. I should have mentioned that. That's kind of crucial to this story. And he said, hold on, let me ask my kids. And his kids said, yeah, Godzilla is very popular still, like a cultural icon. You know, there's the movies get played on TV all the time. And that was that was that was heartening. That was good to hear. I was like, good. I Yeah, I'm I'm glad. So Godzilla is still a popular cultural icon in Japan. Thank you so much, Graham Gilmore. One of the other questions I asked him, too, was something I wanted to do on this podcast, and it's going to come up at the very, very end. Uh, I wanted to play a song by a Japanese band that I hadn't heard of yet because there's so many great, great bands from Japan, uh, specifically of the the punk disposition. And the one he turned me on to a bunch of cool stuff, the one that really stood out was a song by a band called Turncoat. I'll play it at the end, and I'm not kidding you. That is, this song I'm going to play is one of the greatest songs I have ever heard in my entire life. And that's a lifetime of great songs, because I don't listen to stuff that sucks. Opinion, okay, yeah, I know, I know, it is opinion. But it's true, in my mind at least, and that's all that counts here on the I Want to Party with Bob podcast. Um <coughs> the uh this oh god this band kills me man I, I was literally in tears listening to this song earlier it was so goddamn beautiful so stay tuned for that you know you can skip all my bullshit about godzilla if you want and just go straight to the very end and listen to this turncoat song because it it blew me away thank you very much graham gilmore you are one heck of a guy i owe you um you know Solid, solid move by a solid, solid dude. Thank you. That should be a tagline for something. Great. So, back to Godzilla, the topic at hand. When I was a kid, you know, you had like TV Guide or whatever. You could see, oh, this, you know, Godzilla movie's playing at whatever midnight. So, I'd stay up to just specifically watch a Godzilla movie. But I'm going to tell you, when those opening credits would start to roll with a kind of that Godzilla's little theme song and Toho and pictures and I was like oh yes so excited like oh god I love this shit and the same I would get the same feeling when the the Toho thing would come up uh as I would get when like the Star Wars opening crawl you know the uh the 21st century Fox or 20th 21st century yeah I am tired I guess 20th Century Fox, and that music would play in that little extended part that would tell you that it was a Star Wars movie coming up, like that, you get those chills and goosebumps, that would happen to me when it was the Toho thing and Godzilla was coming up, that, I mean, really, oh my gosh, so, you know, I'm going to do something a little different tonight, I think I'm actually going to go skip straight ahead, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Godzilla, because it's really interesting, uh, how the concept of Godzilla was developed, and I'm not going to go terribly much into all the movies. Now, there there are 35 Godzilla movies in total. Uh, there's one that they're working on now, the new 
Godzilla, which you know, I'll get more into that later. I'm not super stoked on, to be honest with you. I'm more of a classic Godzilla guy. Like that was the Godzilla that I fell in love with. That's a Godzilla that I prefer to to watch. And you know, oh man, I'll talk about the new movies later because I'm not like really very fired up about them. Uh, regardless, you know, so 35 Godzilla movies. Uh, 30, I believe 32 of those movies were Toho, were made by Toho, the studio, the Japanese film studio, who actually created Godzilla and did all these early movies, you know, from 54 up until, actually, I think they kept doing them into the 2000s, because you had Godzilla 2002. Eh, more later. Okay. I'm going to go ahead, you know, before I start talking about the history of Godzilla, I'm going to talk a little bit about my favorite Godzilla movie of all time. Now... Like I said earlier, that movie is King Kong versus Godzilla. King Kong versus Godzilla was released on August 11th of 1962 in Japan. Uh, it had been seven years since the last Godzilla movie, the, the previous Godzilla movie. Uh, that movie was really the movie that, that pushed Toho to continue making Godzilla movies. At that point... Like I said, it had been seven years, a pretty long time in between any movie, especially when it's like a franchise type of thing. Franchise movies have been a thing for a long time, you know, but that was something that, that when that movie came out, it was popular. People loved it, and they were like, you know what? We should keep doing Godzilla movies. And after that, they really started featuring Godzilla, like fighting a different monster at different times, you know, like Monster X, which... You know, if you're a purist like myself, you call him King Ghidorah. I like Monster X. That movie's actually great. I forget what it, it's called exactly. That kind of irrelevant, but let's talk about this uh, King Kong versus Godzilla because that shit's tight. Um, who doesn't like seeing, you know, a guy in a giant lizard suit fighting a guy in a giant gorilla suit? It's kind of like Friday night at a bar where there's like two really drunk I You know, no, it's not. I don't know what it's like. Fuck, I need to get this over with so I can go to bed. Like, I'm tired as shit. <clears throat> Hang on. We're gonna we're gonna move on over to Mr. Sapporo. Thank you, sir. That's great. You know, wet the whistle a little bit, kind of uh yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> Bring back that feeling that uh is so so good. Thank you again, Sapporo Brewing Company of uh Japan um in the Milky Way galaxy. So King Kong versus Godzilla. It was directed by Ashiro Honda. Now, Ashiro Honda was the main director of all the Godzilla movies done by Toho. Um, Visionary Man, I love the style of all those Godzilla movies. Even, you know, it's, yes, it's silly. Okay, I admit it. The movies are a little silly. But they're fucking great. No, they were. he directed pretty much every Godzilla movie, except for, I think, the second one. Then they brought him back because people thought, like, well, Oh, this isn't really a Godzilla movie. That dude kind of defines Godzilla. Um, so Ashiro Honda directed. It, the basics of the movie is this this big pharmaceutical company heard about King Kong. And they wanted, you know, King Kong, like some some people said, oh, you know, there's this giant fucking ape on this island somewhere. And these evil pharmaceutical guys go, oh, let's, let's go find him. And let's let's use him to promote our brand of, you know, whatever psychotropic drugs or whatever they're making. I don't know. I I can't remember if it's really like specified in the movie or not. But regardless, they hire these two guys to go to this island. It's called Faroe Island to go out and capture King Kong. So these guys get to this island and they see this giant octopus, this giant slimy red octopus crawl on shore and start destroying this village and sure enough here comes king kong and start whoops some octopus ass the great one of my favorite scenes for the, it's so stupid it's it's great though so king kong then proceeds after he whoops this octopus's butt um king kong proceeds to drink this berry juice that the natives have left out on this island that have left out for him because it Apparently, he gets really wasted from this berry juice, and he likes it. So, it, who doesn't? You know, I'd, let's backtrack to what I was talking about, what I did last night. So, yeah. And uh, 
yeah, so, um, yeah. King Kong gets shit-faced on berry juice and passes out, and these guys load him up on a raft and start towing him back to Japan. Well, in the meanwhile, Godzilla had been absent from the world for a while, apparently, and uh, he was trapped in an iceberg. Well, a United States submarine was cruising around, and... Oh, shit. Well, we accidentally uh, let Godzilla out, and here he goes. Time to rampage. Godzilla makes it to Japan, starts ravaging the countryside, and conveniently, King Kong is has escaped from his raft. He woke up, hung over his shit, I'm sure. Like, oh, where, where am I? Why am I on this raft tied up? Like, Gulliver, you know, like, oh, man, fuck these little people. Like, man, get the fuck off me. God, whoa. Like, hey, hey. Well, he wakes up and he's already, he's cranking pissed off, I'm sure. The berry juice hangover and there's Godzilla. And he's like, oh, man, fuck this giant green thing. And so they start fighting. Like King Kong's throwing rocks at him and holy crap. Like, okay, here we go. This is where it starts getting good, by the way. So they're brawling. Now Godzilla's like, Fuck this ape. I'm going to burn his ass. So he shoots his radioactive breath. King Kong burns him and King Kong runs away. So that's the end of uh, fight number one. Kind of intro thing. And you kind of you get that. You go, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, Godzilla is going to whoop King Kong's ass. There is no way King Kong can beat Godzilla, right? You know, when I had seen this movie, I, I was already, like, deeply, deeply ensconced in the, the love of Godzilla. So, yeah, I was rooting for Godzilla the whole time, trust me. You know, he's the guy, Godzilla's like got that anti-hero thing going for him, you know? It's like, yeah, 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 sometimes he's a bad guy, sometimes he's a good guy, sort of, kind of. When he becomes a good guy, he gets kind of, eh, he gets kind of, it gets a little lame. You know, that's when Godzilla Jr. or whatever the fuck that thing was that they did for a little bit came around and, yeah. And that's, eh, they lost me there a little bit on that one. So, they, okay, King Kong bails. Um, Godzilla continues to rampage. He heads toward uh, Tokyo, apparently. Oh, yeah, and King Kong's also in Tokyo. Um, well, actually, yeah, sorry. Let me backtrack. Godzilla's just kind of stomping around the Japanese countryside like fucking shit up. King Kong heads to Tokyo and starts, like, bashing Tokyo, and they're, they're all like, hey, hey, give him the berry juice. That, that fucks him up. He gets so drunk like he's out. He's, a, he's like your shitty friend that, you know, falls asleep with his shoes on at a party. Which has happened to me a couple times. So maybe I'm the shitty friend who gets, like, too drunk and starts saying, play, play that Leatherface song again. I, uh, you know, oh, oh, somebody get a Sharpie. He's out. Yeah, that's me. So... They give him the berry juice. King Kong passes out. They go, well, you know what? I think a good thing to do here would be let's take this passed out, drunk-ass giant ape and we'll drop him where Godzilla's like smashing houses and shit and let him fight to the death. They'll kill each other. Oh, great problem solved. That's that's some some critical thinking skills right there. I would say very much so. Um, the perfect solution, you know, absolutely perfect solution. Um, so they balloon King Kong over to where Godzilla's fucking shit up. And again, King Kong wakes up. Oh, fuck. Oh, what happened? Oh my God. I'm the, ah, that's a fuck. This fucking lizard again. And, you know, hung over, pissed off again. They start brawling. And now, well, you know, things are a little bit more even. I don't know, you know. The breath thing isn't really chasing uh, Kong away. He's pissed now. The second hangover in like two or three days. Nobody likes that. I don't. You know, it's pretty rare for me nowadays. But I'm telling you, like a uh, two or three days in a row of like a hangover, you do get pretty irritable by the end of that. I would say. I know I do. It's like I said, it's rare, but it does happen from time to time. Um, so they're fighting. They're brawling. They're at Mount Fuji, like scenic beautiful Mount Fuji in, in Japan. And eventually they both fall into the ocean and 
you know, there's like brawling going on under the water and all that, and then only King Kong comes up. Well, where the fuck? Where's Godzilla? What happened to? No, King Kong won, and then King Kong starts swimming off into the sunset. It's like, oh no, shit, no, 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 no. Wait a minute, Godzilla lost. Godzilla lost. He did. But, you know, somebody on shore says, well, maybe he'll be back. You know, Godzilla has a habit of coming back when we least want him to show up. Kind of like Jehovah's Witness knocking on your door like, hi, can we talk to you for a minute? Fuck no, you can't. Get the fuck off my property. You know, go bother somebody who's got less brain cells than me because I'm not talking to you fucking people. So that's Godzilla is like a giant Jehovah's Witness. Right? That's actually, that's great. I need to write that down. Okay, I got it. <clears throat> Burned into my memory banks. Godzilla is like the biggest, uh, shittiest Jehovah's Witness in the world. You're sitting there watching TV, listening to music. You're, you know, you're, you got a Spotify playlist from somebody who's influential in your life or something. And you're like, yeah, man, I'm digging this shit. And boom, all of a sudden your house gets smashed. You're dead. That's the kind of Jehovah's Witness that Godzilla is. And fuck every, yeah, no, no, not cool. So, yeah, there was rumors. Okay, this is something I actually thought, too. And I, in my research for this, I found out it's what I had thought about the King Kong versus Godzilla movie was not true. There's, It's like an urban legend kind of thing almost. Legend has it that in the Japanese version of King Kong versus Godzilla that Godzilla wins. And in the United States or American version of King Kong versus Godzilla, King Kong wins because, you know, King Kong, he's our dude, right? He's our, he's our kaiju. He's our big monster. By the way, Godzilla is considered a kaiju. And what kaiju means in Japanese, you know, it means strange creature. Uh, that's like the, the more or less direct uh, definition of the term kaiju. Now, kaiju has been thrown around a lot in recent years um, because apparently, you know, giant monster wasn't good enough for everybody. They had to say, Ooh, let's be cool and call Godzilla what he is a kaiju. Cause I mean, I, apparently that's what he's referred to as in Japan. I don't know that a hundred percent, but regardless, the Kong is our dude. Godzilla is Japan's, you know, uh, number one ranked kaiju in a series of kaiju. So, uh, that rumor of the two different movies, the United now the version that came out in the United States, they did they added a bunch of scenes. They kind of gave it a feel that it was uh, like a a news report, like oh you know now Godzilla's rampage. You know how they did things in the sixties, like Godzilla's rampage, and they had like the ticker going in the background. Doo, 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 doo. Oh, Godzilla's rampaging through the countryside, destroying Japan. You know, and so that in the United States version of it, that got added in. And people swore for years and years that, you know, like I said, Kong wins in the United States version. Godzilla wins in the Japanese version. It, not true. It was started in a magazine that was kind of a subsidiary of Famous Monsters of Filmland. And Famous Monsters of Filmland for years went on stating that that was a true thing. And it was not true. Ding. Mystery solved. Thanks for listening to the I Want to Party with Bob podcast. You just learned something good i'm I, I did too that's what's important here uh so that was my favorite godzilla movie of all time i love it i absolutely love it let's talk a little bit about the history of godzilla <clears throat> first let's uh, revisit japan in the form of a sapporo thank you talk about hitting the spot sapporo you nailed that the history of godzilla is pretty interesting in how he was developed um, and why and what he symbolized to the people of Japan, especially through the first movie when it was first released. And it's actually very, very sad in some ways. Um, not something didn't really affect, you know, audiences in the United States nearly as much as it did in Japan because there are some pretty bl obvious and, and blatant reasons like, that we're going to get to here. But the very first movie was released in 1954. It's called, um, in, in Japan, it was called Gojira. Uh, again, you know, Ishiro Honda directed the very first movie. Um, 
which, you know, again, of the Toho films, the Toho Godzilla films, there were 32 of them made. Three Hollywood films were made, starting with, you know, the Matthew Broderick fiasco, then Godzilla in 2014, now Godzilla King of the Monsters in 2019. Um, Godzilla was depicted in the original movie, the very first movie, the Japanese version, as uh, being awoken by a nuclear test or a nuclear bomb, which was a big deal in Japan, obviously, and we're going to get more into that here in a minute. <clears throat> the what they can see, the the way they pictured Godzilla, it, he was a metaphor for nuclear weapons, for nuclear bombs, like this giant force coming and destroying Japan, parts of Japan. You know, uh, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, and then there was another nuclear disaster. Again, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, as, you know, a little side thing, kind of, as the Godzilla movies kind of moved on, Godzilla became a little bit less serious. The, the first movie was very serious. Like, it was a disaster movie. It was literally like this giant creature rampaging through Japan, like destroying everything in its sight. As it moved on, Godzilla got a little bit less serious, a little bit more funny, kind of, you know, the late mo the movies in, in the 70s were not very serious at all. They were, there were some that were pretty bad, but I still love them. I do. I truly do. What what do you think my favorite thing about Godzilla is as far as like his moves, you know, because dude can fight, right? Godzilla, he can brawl. It is the flying sliding tail kick that my friends, is a very impressive move, I I, I think. Uh, so, anyway, that's my favorite Godzilla move. And th that was also kind of, you know, part of the kind of silliness of Godzilla. Who, how is that fucking possible? I, well, I don't know. How's a giant, you know, however tall Godzilla is, uh, you know, fucking 50-story tall giant green lizard that breathes nuclear fire out? How is that, like, possible? So I guess a flying tail, sliding tail kick is as possible as anything. You maybe, maybe shit's gold or something. I, you, whatever, anything's possible. Uh, at you know, Godzilla moved from being, I'd say, like a destroyer of things to more or less being like a defender of humanity. At some point in his history with Toho he became, you know, less of a bad guy and more of, like, kind of the anti-hero good guy. Like, he'd show up and, yeah, you know, he'd still, ah, oh, fuck, I just stepped on somebody's house. Like, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, there's that other giant monster I got to go fight to defend the homeland, Japan, here. That happened a lot. So, uh, but, you know, back to the original concept of Godzilla, um, what the actual definition of the name Gojira, which is Godzilla in Japan. Godzilla is kind of like a bastardization of Gojira, the Japanese the version or word for Godzilla. Uh, what that word, what Gojira actually means is gorilla whale. Gorilla whale. Hmm. Do you picture Godzilla as like a gorilla whale? I, I, I kind of have a hard time. God, gorilla whale. What would a gorilla whale look like? I oh, fuck Godzilla, I guess. I... So that that was a thought that the guys that were developing Godzilla had. They're like, oh, he's going to be like a mix between a gorilla and a whale. Because they had King Kong on their mind, for one thing. That was kind of part of, um, you know, that to date, to, to that point. Well, there were some other things going on. But that, that King Kong was the most known um, giant rampaging monster at that time. You know, up to that point. There's a little bit more to it than that. Now... The, the actual design and physical look of Godzilla was highly inspired by, or more or less really actually stolen um, by Ray Harryhausen, that, you know, the stop motion guy. He did all the stop motion stuff for Hollywood movies for years and years. Amazing stuff, truly, like The Voyages of Sinbad. Um, in later years, he did the Clash of the Titans stop motion stuff. He was rad. Ray Harryhausen was super, super rad. But the movie The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms was the main inspiration for Godzilla. You learned something else tonight. That's good. You know, entertaining and educational. That's that's what I strive for here. So that's that's what Godzilla's look was really based on 
was this giant lizard creature from the beast from 20,000 fathoms. So um, they kind of, you know, they made him bipedal like he stands on two legs. Um, they gave Godzilla a weapon, uh, this nuclear breath that just like blasts out and causes all kinds of ruckus. Um, here's a little interesting fact about the the actor who one of the actors who portrayed Godzilla in the suit. Um, there is an actor named Haru Nakajima. He was a black belt in judo. So he gave Godzilla some of those signature, you know, combat moves. When you think, oh, dude, yeah, this guy, like, whoa, Godzilla's like really on fire right now. Well, it was probably that dude who was in the suit at that time. So keep that in mind the next time you watch. Now, let's go on. Let's talk about um, the nuclear thing with Japan. Then this is the saddest shit, man. It, like, really, like, bums me out to read this. So. I think most people know in 1945, the United States bombed Japan with two nuclear bombs. One was in Hiroshima. That was on August 6th of 1945. One was in Nagasaki. That was on August 9th of 1945. Um, Listen to these numbers and and think about it hard. I'm being actually very serious right now. Um, When they dropped the bomb on Hiroshima, 70,000 people died instantly 70,000 70000 do you have any fucking idea how many people that is to die in an instant in a split second um the you know the after effects of the bomb uh, they think killed a total of between 90,000 and 166,000 people so let that sink in for a minute. Um, Nagasaki, 35,000 people died it more or less instantaneously. And again, there are more died after that from radiation sickness and the effects of the radiation of the bomb. <coughs> that was a big influence on the creation of Godzilla was, you know, he was supposed to be a metaphor for kind of embody um, the destruction that's possible by the detonation of a nuclear bomb. The whole world really was... It had a fear of that at the time in 1954 when the first movie came out. Um, you know, the Americans were, we were testing the bomb in the Pacific because we pretty much ruled the Pacific at that time after, you know, the Japanese surrender in 1945. Um, here was another thing that that happened that also influenced uh, Godzilla in March of 1954. Um, a ship by the name of the Lucky Dragon, there's an actual Japanese name, but we're just going to leave it at Lucky Dragon, was close to an American nuclear test on the Bikini Atoll. Um, They were near it. It hit. They got hit with fallout, you know, like flakes of crap, of of destroyed coral, radiated and destroyed coral rained down on the ship. In all, you get fishing in Japan, the fishing industry in Japan is huge because it's it's actually a fairly small island. It's not that big. It's about the size of California, more or less, or smaller, um, and it's surrounded by ocean. So seafood and fishing, that's, that's huge. That's main diet, you know, or one of the main components of the diet is food from the sea because it's there, you know. Um, that test on Bikini Atoll, affected 856 Japanese fishing ships and 20,000 fishermen were affected by the radiation from that test. The, the fallout, the radiation from that test got into the tuna that they were fishing for. And so there was a huge scare after the news came out that these ships got affected by this test of this nuclear bomb that tuna had been irradiated. So it devastated the fishing industry. So that was, you know, you had Hiroshima, you had Nagasaki, then you had this bikini atoll test that just fucking destroyed the fishing industry in Japan because no one wanted to eat anything out of the ocean that these fishing ships had caught with the fear that they were going to get sick and die from radiation poisoning. Well, that's where Godzilla came from. You know, I do want to say this. I want to say this real quick, and I this is something... I didn't research, and I don't want to talk about it too much because it's so goddamn sad and horrible. Um, There's a lot of new information that's come out over the last few years about 
why the United States bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki during World War II. Now, when I was a kid growing up, the, the what I had always thought to be 100% true is that was the only way we could get Japan to surrender was show them, look, look what we did to these two cities. You know what city's next? Tokyo and your emperor, and you're done. So surrender now. They did. <sighs> there was a lot of talk in history books and stuff, you know, years ago that we were preparing to invade mainland Japan. And when we started kind of the island hopping campaign of the United States Army and the Allied forces during World War II, as they got closer and closer and closer to Japan, the Japanese Navy had more or less been wiped out by 1945. Uh, we're hopping islands, to getting closer to mainland Japan. Every island they, they fought on was just a gnarly fight because the Japanese were anything if, if not tenacious. I mean, they held on for dear life. Um, yeah, it, the, the fighting was gnarly. So they were going to throw a million allied soldiers the war in europe was over the the germans surrendered in may of 1945 so we were going to devote all of our resources you know all the majority of our soldiers in europe the forces we already had in the pacific region and throw them on mainland japan a million soldiers i believe it was called operation olympus or operation olympic they were expecting to have I think, oh, it was more than a million dudes they were going to throw out. It was way more than that, I think. They were expecting, you know, this is what I understood to be true for a long time. They were expecting around a million casualties, either wounded or dead, on the Allied side alone, like a fight for every single town. So the the thought always was, well, you know, we dropped these nukes, and that ended the war. Uh, what they've come to find in the last few years, I may be wrong, correct me if I am, but I've read some things that say... They were Japan was almost at the end of its ability to continue to wage war. So they were about ready to ask for terms of surrender. Now, the United States wanted unconditional surrender. And what that means is we go in, we take over the country, we run it. You don't get to keep your emperor. You can, but he's going to be a figurehead only, have no power, no clout, more or less. Um, we run your country so you can't ever attack us or anybody else again, you know, if for the foreseeable future. Um, that was the thought the United States is like, this is the only way that we can force an unconditional surrender. Well, the Japanese were already kind of working their way up to saying like, okay, you know, like we're just about done with this war. Like we can't fight much longer. The thought is even if we had not dropped those bombs on those two cities, that they would have accepted an unconditional surrender not much longer after than they actually did. The bombs kind of did seal the deal, but I'm telling you something. You know you know how many fucking people that is? That's children, you know, men. I mean, Jesus Christ, man, it breaks my heart to think about it. You know what? The Japanese people are such a beautiful, wonderful, and kind group of people. The people that were, you know, the warlike factions that were in charge of japan at that time not so great those weren't the people that got killed by these fucking two bombs man i'm telling you like the vast majority in hiroshima were civilian um they did take out a couple factories that produced munitions nagasaki was much more of a munition um uh, factory type of area so I, I i i can't find justification for killing that many fucking people i'm sorry you know Godzilla was born from that. So when, let's get back on a little bit more lighthearted of a topic. That really, I mean, really broke my heart. The reading about it earlier, you know, while I was researching this. I've known about it for years, but it just, I don't know why. It really struck a chord with me tonight. So anyways, you know, keep that in mind. Fucking give peace a chance. God damn it. Like, we can't do shit like this anymore, dude. It's it's insane. So that's, that that fear of nuclear destruction was very present in the minds of the Japanese. It had been less than 10 years when Godzilla came out and they had that recent event with the lucky dragon. So uh, Godzilla kind of started, there was a guy who worked for Toho pictures. Uh, his name was Tomoyuki Tanaka. He was on a plane and he was reading a story in a magazine about the beast from 20,000 Fathoms. 
Um, and by the way, that movie was based on a short story by Red, Ray Bradbury, the very illustrious science fiction author um, who I'm also a big fan of. So he's reading about this going, you know, we should. He had been working on another film project that had fallen through and Toho was just starting out. And it was like, oh, he was like, oh, shit, what do we do? You know, this project that he had was falling, falling through, wasn't going to happen. It was supposed to be like their big movie. And it totally fell through. He's like, oh, no, what do we do? So he's like saw this magazine that had an article about this beast from 20,000 Fathoms. He goes, oh, we should do a movie about a giant monster, and we're going to make it a metaphor for the nuclear bomb. So he went to the studio and said, hey, let's do this. And they go, okay, sounds like a great idea. They got Ashiro Honda to direct, and that was the beginning of a very long and very illustrious career with Toho, um, and Godzilla was born. So the basics of that first movie, um, Godzilla was, you know, sleeping more or less peacefully under the ocean, much like our, our Lord Cthulhu, who rests in the ancient city sunken under the waves of Riley. I just mixed my religion in with this podcast. Oh, that's so weird. Uh, so Godzilla sleeping, nuclear testing wakes him up and he proceeds to head towards Japan and kick the shit out of uh, Tokyo. Uh, the scientists come up with this plan. They they develop this bomb. Hmm. Yeah, interesting where this is going, called the oxygen destroyer that will suck all the oxygen out of the air within this certain radius and kill Godzilla. The creator of the weapon is very hesitant to use it. Again, you know, here we go back to the nuclear bomb thing. Um there are so many like relative things going on to that fear of the of mass destruction caused by nuclear weapons in this movie. You know, I mean, it's pretty obvious why. Um, so they decide, well, okay, we're going to use this bomb to kill this giant monster because nothing else is working. You know, the Japanese defense forces are trying to kill him and they can't stop him. These giant electrical fences, they can't stop him. Yada, yada. He's tearing the shit up out of the city. So, the creator of this bomb finally says, okay, we'll use it. They drop it. It kills Godzilla. The creator of the bomb commits suicide so that the secret of, and he destroys all of his notes regarding how he created the bomb and kills himself so no one can drag the secret of the bomb out of him. That's how, how much, you know, destroying Hiroshima and Nagasaki affected the Japanese psyche. And, you know, somebody said, fuck, okay, we'll use this weapon I developed to kill this giant monster who's killing everything in its sight. Um, but I'm killing myself so nobody can drag that secret out of me because we can't have another huge weapon that can kill thousands and thousands of people in an instant, right? That's a you know, pretty noble thing, I would say. And basically that was the first movie. Um, they used... This is kind of like weird new technology. At that point, everything, all these giant monsters in movies were stop motion. Like I said, like Ray Harryhausen with the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Other movies, they used claymation or stop motion animation and, you know, film spliced it into film so it looked like it was this giant thing rolling around. Well, Toho came up with, oh, let's put a guy in a fucking giant rubber suit and have him stomp around. We'll make miniature sets. And by the way, that's always my favorite part of all the movies. Isn't necessarily, you know, the guys in the suits kind of look a little cheeseball for sure, um, stomping around. But the miniatures are rad. I mean, watch one of those older Godzilla movies and just look. Watch the miniatures, like the little tanks rolling up, shooting at them. Like the helicopters, the, the buildings, everything is the trees, the hill. Everything looks so, so great. It's awesome. The suit guys kind of look a little silly sometimes, but whatever. It's cool. I love it. So they used, there were two different guys that acted in the suit because the suit was super hot, I guess. Like it was real. They could only do it for a little bit and then they'd have to take it off because there was no ventilation. It was hot. Um, they used puppets too. Um, that movie came out and it really affected the Japanese general public. Um, it was the nuclear thing, you know. It really was. People saw and knew right away. Well, well, obviously Godzilla was raised by a nuclear bomb test, and they're like, it, it was the whole thing was a metaphor for Japan getting destroyed and and hurt again by something that was nuclear. So it was it it really created some strong feelings in Japan, but it was also very very popular. So um, after that movie, they started doing sequels. 
and here goes Godzilla. Now, that movie, the very first movie, Godzilla, it was released in the United States in 1956. Um what they did, though, they changed some. They added some scenes. They moved things. Raymond Burr was in it. They kind of spliced scenes him. And here's Godzilla attacking Tokyo. You know, I think if you've ever seen it, you'll remember him watching Godzilla like destroy the city and stuff. Um, in the United States, that movie was called Godzilla: King of the Monsters. Uh, it was a huge hit in the U.S. You know, they were afraid it wasn't going to be because they're like, "Oh, this looks hokey." But at the time, those were pretty state of the art special effects. So. Um, yeah, it was a huge hit. It was a huge hit in Japan. It was also a huge hit in the United States. And that's where our love affair with Godzilla starts. You know, not mine, obviously. I'm not that old. I wasn't born in the early 50s, regardless. Um, Toho did a bunch more Godzilla movies. You know, they had stopped for a while in the 70s. I think the last Godzilla movies were made in the 70s. Then they started back up again. They might have made some in the 80s. I know for sure they did in the 90s. Godzilla 2000 came out in like 99 or something like that um beautiful series of films i i highly recommend checking out any of those og toho godzilla movies even up to the newer ones they're pretty good i mean they're great the newer ones are awesome too but i i'm a my biggest fanhood is kind of those 1960s era of godzilla that's my favorite all right so you know moving towards the end of the podcast here um let's talk about some of the garbage films in the Godzilla period and realistically they are all three of them the films that were made in the United States and I, I shouldn't say garbage one is for sure Godzilla the movie Godzilla made 1998 with Matthew Broderick is the biggest fucking piece of shit movie I was so excited for that movie to come out and oh my god it was awful it was terrible Godzilla was like this giant irradiated iguana from like the Galapagos that you know, nuclear testing, yada, yada, that whole thing. Um, he comes to New York and starts, He, I should say she, because um, apparently this Godzilla was also pregnant. And this giant iguana shit, it, you know, all these eggs out all over Madison Square Garden. And then you have these like raptor looking things. They're Godzilla babies running around trying to kill Matthew Broderick. It's like, why fucking kill him already? Let's This movie sucks. I was so excited when that movie came out and I went and saw it and I was like, that was a Fuck this. Fuck this movie. Yeah, that's bad. So that was directed by Roland Emmerich. Um, the, you know, the the creator of the, the film classic Independence Day, you know, and that speech that everybody posts on fucking Facebook on 4th of July. Today is our day. Oh, shut up, Bill Pullman. You know, go back to the make Lost Highway was where you shone, dude. And you made that Independence Day movie. Fuck, screw the pooch, bro. Um, all right. Next up in uh, Godzilla history, uh, movie-wise, was 2014's Godzilla that they hyped up um, as a vehicle to showcase Brian Cranston's talents. Well, let me, spoiler alert, yeah, they killed a fucking guy in the first 10 minutes of the movie. And yeah, this, here's a Davy quote for you, which I love. Um, I talked to him about that. I, fuck that movie. I don't like that movie, by the way. Not much. I like the Godzilla fighting scenes. I don't, the Mutos, the two Mutos, those giant mutant creatures or whatever not a big fan of those but i do like watching godzilla you know kick the shit out of them because i do i enjoy that and i like when godzilla first like is approaching san francisco and stuff with the golden gate bridge and all that those parts are good you know that gung-ho bullshit flag waving american soldier guy thing is like why the fuck did you put this guy in here like no this is stupid you know, it's, there's the human element of that movie sucks, you know, except for Brian Cranston. Davy quote was, I love that movie up until Brian Cranston died. And I go, ha, ha, ha. You know, that's 10 minutes of the film. And he says, exactly. So there you go. First 10 minutes of the movie are great. Uh, the rest of it's kind of eh, whatever. The fighting scenes with Godzilla are, are tight. The rest of it sucks. Uh, that movie was directed by Gareth Edwards. Who made two great movies? Rogue One, Star Wars Rogue One, one of my favorite Star Wars movies of all time. He also directed the movie Monsters, which you should check out. It's really, really good. It's about kind of these other giant kaiju-like creatures that are in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the movie Monsters out. It's really good. I like it. Uh, last up is Godzilla, King of the Monsters, 2019. Yeah, I just I rushed out and bought it. It came out on DVD and Blu-ray this last Tuesday. I was, couldn't wait, couldn't wait, because I always saw the preview. Oh, yeah, it looks great. I haven't finished the movie yet. I tried to watch it two nights ago. 
I made it about a quarter of the way through before I kind of got bored and was like, fuck, I, oh, okay, whatever. Um, today I tried to watch it again. I couldn't finish it. I'm about three quarters of a way through. And I don't know if it's just kind of overwhelming because there's so much shit going on, but it's not, I don't think it's that great. And I'm sorry, you know, maybe I'm just a classic Godzilla guy. I don't know. Regardless, that movie, this brand new one, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, um, King Ghidorah, Monster X, Monster Zero, whatever the fuck they call him in this movie. I don't know, whatever. Um, he looks great. I do like I do like him. He's rad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of my he's my favorite enemy of Godzilla, by the way. I love it when they fight. Like King Ghidorah's like he's the shit. Uh this movie was directed by Michael Doherty. He did a fantastic movie, Trick or Treat, and also Krampus, which I'd never seen. But other than that, that was this was his first huge movie. So, eh, you know, check it out. I don't know. I don't really care. I'm probably, I'll, hopefully I'll finish it soon. So that's about, that's all I have to say about Godzilla tonight. Um, and, uh, yeah, I had a good time talking about it. Now, coming up here, the greatest band I've heard in so long. Thanks again, Graham Gilmore. You are a hell of a dude for turning me on to this. This is the band Turncoat from Japan. They are so good. The song is called... Take back the secret. It is phenomenal. Check it out. And thanks for listening. Take care. (laughs) 